Hey there, it's Justin, and it's Fully Live Athlete Pastor Channel again, and we are on day 28 of the Online Bible Reading Club. We want to practice doxological fitness. We want to be ready to glorify God at all times and in all places. So we want to be healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, and relationally. So let's get into it again, guys. We are on to, uh, on to Exodus 19 and 20. And also Matthew 18, 21 through 35, which is the end of Matthew 18. But these are historic, very important chapters, and I won't spend too much time uh, telling you that because once you get into these chapters, you'll know that they're significant just by the majesty of them. So this is the first time that the nation of Israel, who's come out of Israel, out of, out of Egypt, the nation of Israel, they're going to become the people of God, and they're going to meet with God for the first time. Now, God's met with Moses, and they've all walked through the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, and they've uh, felt uh, the bread, they've, they've tasted bread from heaven, and they've tasted the meat that God's brought to them to keep them uh, well and healthy throughout their journeys of three months so far. But now they're going to go to camp in the wilderness of Sinai, and then God's going to appear to them at this mountain, and terrify them. They're going to tremble. The text is saying in verse nine or chapter nineteen that they're afraid and they tremble at the at the hearing of, of God's presence in in this place. And there's all this talk about how they've got to keep people away from it because it's uh, it's holy and they're to be holy and sanctified. And so there there's all these regulations on you can't touch it. Well, so Moses and and God's people are going to meet with God. The thing you got to know about God is He's different than any other God, uh, any other conception of God. We, we, the, the ancient world is, has really thought of God as needing, or God or gods as needing people. They're creatures. They need the sacrifices, and then uh, they will give people what they want. They'll work for them in their favor. But really, we're dealing with a God in, in the Scriptures who doesn't need anything. Uh, his appearance to people is merely by grace. And uh, it's to it's to enter into a relationship with them. Though he didn't need them, he was sufficient in himself. And then he creates people who sin against him. And he doesn't give them a plan to save themselves. No, he himself goes and saves people out of all the peoples. And so you got to think about this. The law of God, when you get to ch chapter 20 of Exodus, which we see the Ten Commandments articulated there, it doesn't come as a roadmap to save oneself. And it has no power to do that. And Paul in Galatians, uh, the letter he wrote to Galatians, uh, really makes that clear. It's evident. And he makes that clear in Romans chapter 7. Is that the law has no power to change a person. The law makes us know uh, who we are and who God is, most importantly. God is a, is a God who comes to us and, and reveals himself to us and People are terrified, so they look for Moses to be that go-between to communicate back and forth to them and God. And so God's going to reveal His will for the for a life of freedom for these people, uh, a life where they're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, His treasured possession. That's their plan if they keep His covenant. Well, He gives them the covenant words, but notice the opening words, the Ten Commandments. There's Ten Commandments there. What's the first one say? I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt? That's what it says there. I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So again, the law comes in context of freedom. We are a freed people, therefore, here is the law. The law is not the pathway to freedom, but the law, the doing of the law, comes 
to a people who have been freed so that the people can appropriately image God as his treasured possession, a holy people, a royal kingdom of priests. Now, isn't that interesting? I think we've always been taught, and I've, I've heard this many times uh, growing up, that that you do good and God will, will, will bless you, and you do evil and God will get you. And that's just simply not the way the law functions in Scripture, uh, especially here. But the law originally in Scripture was given to Adam, and Adam broke it, and now we're all sinners, and we have this, this original sin and lack of original righteousness and our own actual sins against us, and Christ must come and fulfill the law in our place so that, and, and also die for our breaking the law in order to set us free, not from an evil nation called Egypt that enslaves us, but to sin which enslaves us. So there's, a, there's see, the Exodus story is, is a narrative that actually explains each of our individual and collective lives with God. We're not just slaves to a, a nation, but we're slaves to sin and the devil. And God sets us free from that by, by his work of redemption, setting us free and giving us a law in order to image him. So the law actually is part of God's being a God who communicates with us. Now, you know, the idols, they don't communicate. Uh, they, <laughs> but God communicates who he is to us, and, and he gives us these Ten Commandments in order to demonstrate what he's like. This is the point, that we know God. And this is what we're made for, to know God in unbroken fellowship with Him, face-to-face, holy people, holy God, and a holy land. And that's what we're made to be. So think about these commandments. The first four of the Ten Commandments are all about worship, all about loving God. And you can break them down in the, the, the first and greatest commandment in Matthew 22, which is, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and, and, and all that you are, essentially. Love God. So the first four about worship, you know, so no other gods, uh, don't make any graven images of God to worship him in that way. That's, that's, that's minimizes who God is. Number three, don't take his name in vain. And number four, uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, once you, then you want, we, we could talk all about that. We'll talk about the Sabbath many times and, other, and these commandments many times as we read through the Bible. But the fifth commandment through the 10th commandment are, are summarizes, love your neighbor as yourself, according to Jesus. He, he summarizes them down into one principle, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Think about the first commandment, love and honor, or honor your father and mother. And this applies to all peoples who have gifts or experience or, or office above you or, or superiors. And it, and it also applies to honoring those who are above us. And so there's this uh, honor of love and familial responsibility to brothers and sisters and, and dads and, and sons and mothers and daughters. Think about if we if we treated people like we treat our, our we should treat our family according to this commandment. Think about women. Uh, women are often uh, viewed as, you know, uh, de- dehumanized, you know, body parts and 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 objectified and 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 used and abused in our in in this dark and horrible world that we live in. Well, the answer is not to throw off religion and and deal with the problem of destroying women. By, by the patriarchy or whatever you want to call it, uh, by uh, secular means. No, the, the, the actual way to solve oppression and violence against women is through the biblical ethic, because God honors women. God honors uh, each and every person. And, and as, as God's explaining how to run the church in First Timothy, he tells Timothy to treat uh, young women as sisters with purity. 
and that's how we should that's how we should work we should operate with purity we should we should certainly uh, let our family relations as as narrated by God's word and how he relates to us drive how we love our neighbors ourselves you think about not killing of course uh, God would oppose abortion and and all the ways that we take life and destroy life in our world uh, you know you've got our president who uh, our current president who, who says he's a devout Christian but but furthers abortion legislation at every point and you wonder what how does that compute well God gives us a way to to image him and the, and the needless taking of life and dismantling life and and 62 million lives uh, destroyed in the womb does not honor God we're to honor God or otherwise we're opposing God and think of the think of the way you can go on and on we could go on and on about these commandments this is really 11 sermons in 11 minutes here we're gonna get probably today but so think about that think about the the ethic of God it the law doesn't make you right with God but the law is, is our loving and gracious response to God who set us free that thing it has no power to change us only God can change us but the but the law is our roadmap to know him and know how we are to image him you turn over to the New Testament today and you look at this simple parable the parable of the unmerciful servant and here's the payoff it's it's it's, it's an amazing story I'll, I'll leave it to you to read it but the payoff is this it says if you who are forgiven all this great debt if you want to you know take out all these debts on others uh, it, it shows you haven't understood the gospel at all if you don't forgive others it shows you haven't understood the gospel at all look at what you've been forgiven and it says this is how my father will treat you uh, if any of unless unless any of, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart the calling is to forgive your brother or sister from your heart now I leave it to you to, to wrestle with that today have you forgiven uh, your brothers and sisters have you forgiven uh, those who who are in your church uh, who have treated you badly and that's a that's a sad reality of our world is that sin is real and present in us and we have to forgive uh, why because we have been forgiven and if, it, if we haven't forgiven uh, it says here you know how many times should we forgive our brother and sister up to seven times he says no no no, 70 times seven times like it's it's almost infinite you know that we would do that because that's the debt that we've incurred against God and he's he's forgiven that great debt mercifully all right with that said I'll leave it to you to go through these verses and enjoy them we've got the end of Matthew and and Exodus 19 to 20 you're reading if you're going this far go ahead and like it enjoy it send it on to other people and i hope it helps you understand the bible and getting to know the lord all right with that said take care we'll see you next time